the Pope didn't say that. Read the encyclical. Okay, he did say that. It's massively out of context. Have you read it? Would you? Oh, for Pete's sake! Come along with me as I read the words of the bishops of Rome so I can understand for myself what they said and stop being dragged around by all the clickbait. It's the magisterium. Let's understand it. Hello, hello, my papists! Love to you all! I have met some of my listeners now, and I am beyond thrilled. I have faces! There are names to put with the numbers! So thrilled! Like, okay, I try not to publish, uh, to publicize too much, like, with people I know in real life, because I don't want to be that girl, but some people I already know found out, and they listened, um, and people who are just internet friends contacted me and asked questions and between those two things I am just so excited um anyway to that end sorry if you are a listener who listens on an mp3 player uh apparently all my episodes were titled an incomprehensible string of digits technology am I right I gave the files sensible names originally um anyway I am working on getting all the backlog updated but I'm also hosting Thanksgiving and Christmas at my house, so unfortunately it is being backburnered for now. Um, however, all podcasts going forward should have all of the ne- uh, necessaries, and please, please, please contact me if this one does not. I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving, and I really, really hope that you are enjoying your Advent. This is my absolute favorite season of the entire year, and it brings me so much joy. Yeah, so I hope it is bringing you joy as well. Let's get started. Uh, Pope St. Pius X, pray for us. Okay, quick recap. Last week, we talked about the fundamental proposition of the modernist philosophy, as uh, St. Pius X sees it, is namely agnosticism, which is the assertion that if you cannot perceive something, it cannot be studied or known. The inference, then, is that God cannot be studied or examined because the consciousness cannot ascend to that. Therefore, any work that has already been done examining the question of God is automatically dubious, presumably false. Aquinas' five ways get tossed out on principle. Any external revelation is assumed to only be as meaningful as the historicity of it. Jesus would only be a man whose only point of interest was the founding of the Catholic Church. Of course, miracles did not occur because you can't trust anything they wrote that doesn't already fit inside your worldview where miracles don't occur. Right. Moving forward to this week, let's get started on the glossary. It's a week. Um, Eminence. We'll start here. All your headaches are belong to us. Oh man, I date myself. But vital eminence and religious eminence are the first words that made me sit this thing down and question, do I have a brain? Am I fit to do this? You can see that I decided that, you know, here we are, but I'm still not actually sure of those things. All right. Eminence is the quality of being contained inside of the thing. So religious eminence is the idea that religion, which is confined to man, comes from man. But also, and separately, totally different, contributing to the con- to the total confusion, eminence is an idea. It's found in many faiths that the divine imbues the natural world. Of course, in Christianity, Christ is prime uh, is the most eminent, the primary eminence. Though of course, in Catholicism, we also specify that the Holy Spirit is eminent. 
but the the father reveals himself only through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Um, other Christianities have slightly different nuances, as well as non-Christian faiths having eminence is a thing too. Um, and obviously they're going to have more than slightly different nuances. Uh, so eminence is sometimes weirdly heretical and sometimes weirdly true. And in this case, it's the first one, but headaches were had by all. Um, <laughs> vital phenomena are the stuff that separates fundamentally one thing from another. Um, and particularly, it separates living from non-living things. And most particularly, it actually separates humans from animals. Amusingly, there's actually a modern novel that borrows this phrase because it shows up in a medical dictionary's definition of life. Um, anyhow, religion is listed as one of the vital phenomena of man. Um, presumably math would also be a vital phenomena of man or philosophy agnosticism even inventing gods to disbelieve in doesn't seem like the sort of thing that koalas get up to um in catholic dictionaries you will find vital phenomena under soul um because obviously we have souls they don't woo um there are no souls in the kale no flavor either <laughs> anyway actuation uh it means causing something to operate like a stimulus um the thing that sets it off in jargon, actually, a button is called an actuator. So it's the button. Makes it go. Sentiment. Loaded word. Uh, Aristotle and Kant have subtly different ideas that end up transferring to wildly different philosophies and lifestyles. Um, you can read dissertations discussing the differences, I, if you like. Um, isn't that just philosophy for you? Uh, you can read dissertations discussing differences of these things. Uh, anyhow, uh, you can probably substitute feeling most of the time and be close enough, including this time. Um, but it's not quite. And in Catholic works, sentiment usually, uh, often means a feeling that is an act of the will, uh, like making yourself dislike gluttony or wrath or choosing to like charity and patience in yourself. Like, obviously, everybody likes charity when it's given to them, but choosing to like doing it. Um, whereas a feeling would be the, that relief that you get from punching something, sentiment would be the joy you find in restraining yourself, if that makes sense. Um, but in this case, he's, I think, I think he's probably going with a more philosophical, um, where it's closer to morally neutral. Sentiment is just a feeling-ish thing. Anyhow, um, fideism. This is a big one. Fideism denies the power of unaided human reason to reach certitude. So you can't be certain. Um, the human brain cannot use reason to become certain about anything in fideism. And it affirms that the fundamental act of knowing is an act of faith. Um, so the supreme so like you know everything on faith and by authority um it can be as extreme as you can know like i've been talking about you can know nothing you can't you can't even know that um the ingredients list on your cereal is accurate or that your phone will work the next time you pick it up or anything you can't know anything um 
or it can be more specific to we can know nothing regarding metaphysics, morality, or religion, um, at which point it's pretty much agnosticism by another name. Um, there are some known Catholics who have a fideistic attitude uh, that um, rather than obviously rejecting all things, they they would uh, anyway. Um, there is a lot of nuance here because you can make something of an argument that I don't know that the list of ingredients on the Cheerios is accurate and I don't know that maybe my battery will die in the next five minutes or I don't I can know nothing I know nothing um but so you can hold fideistic attitudes um but fideism is a heresy uh check paragraphs of uh 36 through 38 of the catholic catechism um, the thread that the actual heresy of fideism falls on is that God is demonstrable. You, you can't be infinitely skeptic. Like, for example, I don't believe that my personal reason can know much at all since I have, you know, 80 years to figure things out and dinner to make in the meantime. So I am obliged to listen to authority to know anything. Um, but I avoid being a fideist by accepting that the authority does know and it's not just some like weird authority circle um i accept their rationality on my own behalf i believe in the five ways the kalam argument seems good to me i think that the very stones do cry out to the glory of god um if anything is demonstrable if anything is demonstrable then of course god also is like if i can know anything then i can rationally put that to faith which is where the heresy of fideism comes in um so anyway um advertence is just a fancy word for attention and i think that is all of the weirdo pain in the butt five dollar words for you so let's get started vital eminence oh wait sorry we are going to be starting on paragraph seven and doing paragraphs seven and eight which is the whole section called vital eminence. However, this agnosticism is only the negative part of the system of the modernist. The positive side of it consists in what they call vital eminence. This is how they advance from one to the other. Religion, whether natural or supernatural, must, like every other fact, admit of some explanation. But when natural theology has been destroyed, the road to revelation closed through the rejection of the arguments of credibility, and all external revelation absolutely denied, it is clear that this explanation will be sought in vain outside man himself. It must, therefore, be looked for in man, and since religion is a form of life, the explanation must certainly be found in the life of man. Hence, the principle of religious eminence is formulated. Moreover, the first actuation, so to say, of every vital phenomenon in religion, has, as has been said, belongs to this category, is due to a certain necessity or impulsion. But it has its origin, speaking more particularly of life, in a movement of the heart, which movement is called a sentiment. Therefore, since God is the object of religion, we must conclude that faith, which is the basis and the foundation of all religion, consists in a sentiment which originates from a need of the divine. This need of the divine, which is experienced only in special and favorable circumstances, cannot of itself appertain to the domain of consciousness. It is at first latent within the consciousness, 
or, to borrow a term from modern philosophy, in the subconsciousness, where also its roots lay hidden and undetected. Should anyone ask how it is that this need of the divine which man experiences within himself grows up into a religion, the modernists reply thus, Science and history, they say, are confined within two limits, the one external, namely the visible world, the other internal, which is consciousness. When one or the other of these boundaries has been reached, there can be no further progress, for beyond is the unknowable. In the presence of this unknowable, whether it is outside man and beyond the visible world of nature, or lies hidden within in the subconsciousness, the need of the divine, according to the principles of fideism, excites in a soul with a propensity towards religion a certain special sentiment, without any previous advertence of the mind. And this sentiment possesses, implied within itself both as its own object and as its intrinsic cause, the reality of the divine, and in a way unites man with God. It is this sentiment to which modernists give the name of faith, and this it is which they consider the beginning of religion." but we have not yet come to the end of their philosophy, or to speak more accurately, their folly, for modernism finds in this sentiment not faith only, but with and in faith, as they understand it, revelation, they say, abides. For what more can one require for revelation? Is it not that religious sentiment, which is perceptible in consciousness revelation, or at least the beginning of revelation, Nay, is not God himself, as he manifests himself to the soul, indistinctly, it is true, in this same religious sense, revelation. And they add, since God is both the object and the cause of faith, this revelation is at the same time of God and from God. That is, God is both the revealer and the revealed. Hence, venerable brethren, springs that ridiculous proposition of the modernists, that every religion, according to that different aspect under which it is viewed, must be considered as both natural and supernatural. Hence, it is that they make consciousness and revelation synonymous. Hence the law, according to which religious consciousness is given as the universal rule to be put on an equal footing with revelation, and to which all must submit, even the supreme authority of the church, whether in its teaching capacity or in that of legislator in the province of sacred liturgy or discipline. All right. I know, we're going so stupid slow. But I've said it before, I'll say it again. Documents teach you how to read them. This will get faster. We will not be reading Pashendi in 2047 unless we are rereading it. Um, so, the existence of faith must, like every other fact, because clearly religion is a fact. There are a lot of them. Um, it must admit of some explanation. But if you're going to insist on begging the question, and you're not allowed to look at a religion's evidences for itself as evidence of anything, you're obviously not going to find it outside of people. You've dismissed all that evidence. Therefore, you have now to look inside of people. Uh, religion does seem to be one of those things that is human. It crosses cultures, it looks similar, it's giving your creator at least something greater than yourself some kind of homage in the form of time and material goods. Usually there are people in charge of overseeing it. They often get to reap the rewards of their various sacrifices, though sometimes things given to gods are just wasted in some way, poured out into the earth. Since we can't look at God, and we can't look at metaphysics, we have to explain this weird phenomenon so the stimulus of this unique part of humanity has to be some kind of impulsion, a movement of the heart, a feeling. We need the divine. 
frankly, I want to know what what other needs we need that we can't have. I need food and, oh, look, there's food. I need water and that also exists. <laughs> I know it's not a, it's hardly a perfect argument. People regularly invent needs, but I'm just saying, if you're going to claim that we need God, that we need this divine thing, well, then you're saying we need him. Therefore, anyhow, this is a subconscious need. Therefore, its roots get to remain hidden and undetected. How convenient. When somebody asks, well, how do we get from ghost hunters to Catholicism? Well, we reached the edge of consciousness. We can't know anymore about that. And once we're in the presence of the unknowable, some people will get feelings. They won't even mean it. And that feeling is its own cause. We didn't know something and we craved the unknown. And that's God. That's faith. That's, of course, the very shaky ground that religion stands on. And, of course, that weird feeling is a revelation. The religious feeling of your weird Uncle Jim Bob, which is probably gas, is just as supernatural as the resurrection, which, of course, couldn't happen, so it didn't. The belief that some minerals can change your luck just by being in the same room is the same sort of feeling as the very carefully hashed out principle of transubstantiation. And anyway, aren't all the weird fake Marian apparitions just as full of feeling and sentiment as the ones that the church so carefully studied? Because, of course, their conditions for validity are just absurd qu quantifications of the unknowable and what that means and i don't even know if pope pius x meant the last sentence as a backhanded slap towards protestantism but i feel like it is one all of that nonsense what that means the implications is that religious consciousness aka my personal interpretation of the divine is on equal footing with revelation and the church ought to submit to my opinion Harumph. The only thing I have to say after that nonsense is that in spite of all of the big words, this honestly seems like a straw man. Surely, surely the modernist arguments were better than this. Surely. Weren't they? <sighs> Anyhow, I will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on For Pete's Sake as we explore the words of Pope Pius X in Pascendi Dominici Gregis. Check us out on Instagram and subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. You can find links and resources in our show notes. St. Peter, ora pro nobis.